Hey, you know what it's like to lose something? I hate that. I know everybody does. In fact, my wife loses stuff all the time. In fact, once a year, I go out and get like 10 sets of car keys, building keys and everything for her because she's just going to lose them throughout the year. Well, I'm talking to a guy that's very successful on Kickstarter. They're raising 10 times the money on the campaign. I want to find out what it's like to do that. And then what is it like to this whole tracking industry? So we're going to... Talk with Raul Aida, who is the leader of a new company called Magpie, and they're looking to change the industry in a different way using different technology on how to find your stuff. So join me right here on All Business. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. All right, so my first question for you guys is, uh, why did you choose Kickstarter over other investor methods? I mean, when I look at more traditional methods like VC funding, and maybe you can even consider Kickstarter one of those more traditional methods because it's been around long enough, but why did you pick Kickstarter? That's a really great question, and there were several reasons involved in you know deciding to go down the Kickstarter route. While you could you can get funding from you know a VC firm or an angel investor, uh, we found that using Kickstarter really gives you a very direct contact with people that are pre-ordering pre-ordering the product. So it's actually a really great uh, you know in the early stages of product development and rolling out you know the first units and so on. You are basically talking direct to your customers. And getting their input, like in during the development process, and that's something that you know, if if you just build a product and then you ship it ship it out to people, is not something that usually usually happens. So and right now, where you at on your goal? Because you had a, a goal of like ten thousand dollars when I last looked at it, you're at ninety five thousand of the ten thousand. We are actually at uh, one hundred ninety one thousand dollars right now, and four thousand four hundred backers. Wow, that yeah, that's pretty substantial. I mean. When you, it almost looks like maybe you kind of set the bar way too low when you put it at ten thousand, or or is that part of what you want to do when you're looking at raising the funds? That was uh, well, if if you look at it as a you know traditional Kickstarter project, like ten thousand is a is a pretty pretty low goal. Uh, in our case, we are doing the Kickstarter because you know long term we definitely want to build a subscription based. Uh, business where you know we're doing hardware as a service. You can go on the Kickstarter and you could pledge five dollars and get uh, the Magpie for free for one month. Uh, so we actually thought if you consider everybody you know going to the Kickstarter and only pledging five dollars at a time, ten thousand dollars makes a lot lot more sense. It would be and it would it would be a lot harder to achieve. Uh, to our surprise, actually a lot of people paid up front, like to have more of the subscription months of the product. So that's why the goal is, you know, was exceeded quite by quite a lot and now we're at 20, 20 times the goal. Wow, which is substantial. I mean what so what's your overall what was your goal for the number of subscribers then? We uh, we're actually still tracking towards that. We uh, set the target of five thousand. Uh, mm-hmm. so you know we're 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 gonna hit that in the next few days. Uh, and each backer gets about one and a half magpies per backer, so we're gonna have around seven and a half to eight thousand, you know, subscriptions. Well, which is great. It makes a good, a nice little business for you. And then hopefully, you know, you gotta add more zeros, which is even better, right? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> what? So uh, I'm curious to know, uh, because I, I looked at Kickstarter, and I have a good friend of mine, uh, LeVar Burton. Yeah, I don't know if you remember LeVar, but he, he was with Reading Rainbow. Of course, he played uh, in Roots, Kuta Kinte, and then he was, uh, I think, Geordi or something in some Star Trek stuff when he was doing Star Trek years and years ago. But now, but then did Reading Rainbow, and it was a huge hit on television. Then he, he digitized it, grabbed the app, and he was only going to try to make a million or so in, in startup, and he ended up doing like 11, 12 million in 24 hours, which is substantial. So, you know, he hit it big because a lot of people remembered him. I think you've hit it big because a lot of people like the service. But how much how much thought went into the to looking at how people did it before and then the way in which you put forward your offer in Kickstarter? Well, there was there was definitely, uh, you know, at least a few months of, of work in just preparing the Kickstarter and like preparing all the numbers you see on the Kickstarter. So, you know, you, when you when you scroll to Kickstarter, you see all these projects, and you know they almost make it look easy. But there's actually a lot of thought that went into it, and you know calculations or, and preparing for different scenarios. Yeah. So how much went into the the thought process and and picking the levels that you did and deciding what the offer was going to be? It was yeah. It was a it was a few months of work into into you know going through all the cost models and and figuring out. What, what the price points should break should be but also actually you know looking at a lot of previous campaigns and seeing what worked what is usually you know the the sweet spot for for pricing uh, with uh, uh, with people and things like this but also uh, once we had you know some idea of what the reward tiers would be uh, price wise we also did hundreds and hundreds of surveys so we, we sent out surveys to hundreds of people where uh, these are not, you know, our friends, which, you know, c- can be biased at times. We had mm-hmm. uh, surveys done on hundreds of people where they actually came back to us and said, you know, what their, what their preference is and what, what, they would, what works for them and what makes for, sense for them and what doesn't really make sense for them. So that, yeah. all that fed into what you're seeing on the Kickstarter page right now. So I'm curious, give, give me an idea of your analytics or numbers that you have today. So how many followers, what kind of mailing list did you have? Because I'm kind of curious to how big of a, how, how much of this is your own community versus outside your community and the word of mouth that's coming in on this? Yeah. So uh, before, you know, one, one of the critical things we kind of learned about, you know, doing Kickstarter is that you want to have a pretty solid community before you actually go ahead and launch the product. So we spent uh, quite some time building about uh, 12,000 to 14,000 emails uh, mm-hmm. before we actually launched uh, of people that expressed interest and signed up for our newsletter. So that was like the, the community side, which we kept updated and posted and then informed once we launched. And also we had 5,000 Facebook likes at that time. Uh, so those are the numbers that we had going into launching the campaign. Got it. So that did help you, and I, which I think is a smart thing. And I, I've looked at the Kickstarter process, um, and the, the ones that have done the best have been software companies, and usually gaming companies have done hugely successful. Of course, then there's always those I, I call them lucky lose or the 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 cooler. The cooler was another big one where they they put everything on a cooler. I don't know if they've ever delivered on the product or not, but. Uh, it'd be interesting to go back. Maybe I should do a story on that. But let, let's get back to your product. Could I, I, you know, I think everybody loses something or has lost something, can't find their pet, can't find their keys, can't find their luggage. And I've used about every one of these services. Okay. 
So I've used your competitor services. And I would think your competitors are somebody like Tracker and Tile. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. So I have both of those devices and I've taped the trackers inside my luggage. I've taped tiles on keys. Uh, my wife is notorious for looking key, for losing keys. So I've, I've brought all these products and I've used them and, and continue to use them. Uh, some with some success, some without success. I won't get into, I don't like to speak ill will of any product, but, um, so why, why, is yours so much different? What are the benefits of making a subscription service as opposed to a one-time fee? Sure. So there is actually, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy because you, you probably know best about, you know, what are the current pain points with, with you know, products in this category overall. But oh, there's, there's, dif- there's a difference, a big difference on the actual, you know, cost structure, but also on the technology used. So all the ones that you actually laid, laid out as, you know, products, they're all using Bluetooth to actually, yep. to find, to find, you know, your, your or locate your, uh, your objects. So that means that you have a, a built-in limitation of being within a hundred feet of your stuff. So if, if your phone is 101 feet away, you're not going to find it. That, that's kind of like, you know, the, the thing that is missed and not of the advertising and so on. Um, and we were just kind of shocked when we started Magpie that, you know, that's that's still one of the big limitations. And the reason that is the case is because in order to surpass the technological limitation, there's actually a, almost like building a totally different product. Like the complexity of the product is like an order of magnitude greater where you actually have, you know, you have a SIM card built into the product. You have a a cellular modem built into the product. You have an antennas built into the product. So it's just a lot more complex. Uh, And also there's like a recurring data cost because the device actually connects to the internet. So it works 3000 miles away as well as like a hundred feet away. Um, And because it connects to the internet and there's that recurring fee that you have, you know, you have to pay that, you know, a few dollars a month for, for the internet. That's why we also gear the product towards being a subscription-based service. You pay $5 a month, you get a free product, and you get the internet and everything else baked in. All right. Well, let me come back to that. I want to take a quick break, but I do want to come back to it because I do want to talk about the differences in technology of some of the products because some of them are a real pain in the ass. I got to tell you that. And I'll, and I'll we'll just talk about the technology and what's a pain in the ass, and then you decide whether it's the best product or not. Okay. But I, I know one thing for sure that I always find, and I know one thing entrepreneurs need a lot of. It's coffee. In 1950, the American entrepreneur William Rosenberg founded Dunkin', Dun- Dunkin Donuts franchise that still keeps business owners running today. I pick up my Dunkin' Espresso every morning to help me take on the day and all business in America runs on Duncan and without it I would be lost that's a fact you don't have to put any kind of device like a magpie on me to find me holding a cup of coffee because I'm going to be holding it that's a fact you drink coffee at all my friend I actually do quite a lot especially during the last few months <laughs> I bet when you're starting a new business and especially I, I got to imagine you get up at two o'clock in the morning just to look and see where, where the dollar amounts at. Right. We, we're definitely trying to keep off those habits because it's, you know, just sitting there refreshing the page is not something good. It's not very productive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, the, the, the first, the first couple of weeks that were very intense and it was a lot of, a lot of grind behind it. And there was a lot of coffee involved behind it as well. 
So I get why you're trying to do the subscription service, and I get to some extent why there's some benefits involved. But to me, it's also uh, it's a little bit more costly, but it works. So can I find so you you mentioned the limitation on Bluetooth, which I'm going to bring up, which most people don't know with the other services that I mentioned before. That's a real pain in the ass. And that is let's imagine I lose my luggage. And I'm trying to find it. Well, I bought one of those services, taped one of those devices into every piece of luggage I own so that if it got lost, I knew where it was. The problem was, unless I'm within 100 feet of it, it doesn't help me. (laughs) So a waste of money, a waste of time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're at a point like... We're at a point now where we think that the technology is, is here in 2017 to, to solve for that and have something that's, you know, both affordable, small enough and practical enough where you could you could use it in the way that, you know, you, you envision. So actually luggage is one of the main things that we're, we're targeting uh, as a use for the product, especially because Magpie works in 185 countries. So you could, you know, you can go to uh, Italy or Kyrgyzstan and you would still be fine. Yeah. And so you'll know, you, the the airline might not know where your luggage is, but at least you know where it's at, which is, you know, I would think it's worth five bucks a month. Yeah, especially for someone travels a lot, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Like there there were actually situations where the airline lost my luggage, and that's something where I would have paid almost any amount to actually get it back. <laughs> uh, and, and we really do see Magpie as almost like insurance for your for your life because. You know, it's it's something that shouldn't be sending you a million notifications on on the app that we have and comes with it. It's not something that you should like be actively managing. It's it's almost something that you 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 put you set in the background uh, on your luggage or your your dog or your cat, and then you forget about it. But the moment that something goes wrong, you're like, oh, you get your Mac, you get your app, you get your phone out, you get pull up the MacPy app, and then you can like see, locate your stuff and you know have that awareness of what your stuff is yeah i get it on a dog maybe not a cat well, i guess i get it on a cat but i just don't like cats but there you go so so where else do you say i mean i would imagine you say keys i don't know that i don't know that i would do it with keys because typically keys i find in my local area maybe i'd use a different technology but you're saying that, hey that's worth five bucks why because of the hassle of finding them yeah, I mean, case is just one of the very like many many different use cases. Uh, you know, some for some people that that may be worth it. For some people, it may be worth tracking track, tracking their luggage or their dog. It's just that you know we want to be lowering the barriers to entry, where we have a, a very low monthly retainer, which we also hope to bring down in the future. And 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 then you know it's it's up to the user of you know where, where they where they see the best use for for the product. Yeah. So, you know, like, for instance, one of the other services that I thought was pretty cool, and that's the reason why I got it, was a friend of mine had a hat. And it's a very expensive hat. And he used to always wear it all the time. And then he would sometimes sit it away, set it down and walk off from it and forget it. And so what he did was he tied that device to his phone. So when he got too far away, it would start beeping and it would remind him, hey, idiot, you left your hat. So, so you'd go back. So that made sense to me from a Bluetooth perspective. But what, what's the technology that you're using? What's it, what makes it different? Yeah, so uh, the MacPy actually has a – so it does have Bluetooth also built in, but it also has an accelerometer, which basically if 
if someone moves your stuff, if someone moves your hat or your bicycle, you would actually be notified. So that's one other thing. Uh, mm. But the whole product, like it literally has, you know, get going over the range limitation really involves having a, almost like having your entire smartphone made into the size of a matchbox that's five bucks a month. Uh, so it, it, there's just a lot, a lot more technology that goes into it. So what are the other applications do you see this doing? I mean, where, where else? Do you, you see putting it on a car? So do you're, you're, you're watching what your kids are doing? Where else do you see it? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's three main verticals. There's uh, pets. There's things, uh, you know, such as luggage, bicycles, anything else. And then there's kids. So small children, you know, under 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 10 years old that, you know, the parents are concerned and they want to be, they want to know where they are. Um, but, but that's kind of like the, the business to consumer angle, but long term, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of opportunity in the years to come when, when you get the device price even further down where, you know, every time you go to Amazon and you, you, you check out, there's a check out with Magpie button that you click and you could actually see your order in real time on a map coming towards your house, which would be pretty amazing. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a, you know, one of those like really cool kind of consumer, uh, scenarios where it would actually improve a lot of people's lives, but there's also that you know uh, business to business side of things where you could you could do some really incredible, amazing stuff uh, it, it, once you get the the, the cost and and the, the performance uh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, let me take another break. Talk about cost. I want to talk about taxes. And if you're tired of the corporate grind and ready to become your own boss, talk to the folks at Liberty Tax. They offer great support in a reliable industry. And we're talking about taxes. You might not like it, but it's reliable. I'll tell you that. And it's been named. They have been named a top franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine. I love these guys. We're going to be doing a big television episode on them. Uh, for C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, because I just think it's a kind of a cool story. So uh, visit LibertyTaxFranchise.com to learn more. So, um, you know, it's almost I'm starting to think about a couple of different things. I was up in Yellowstone last week, and they actually tag uh, a grizzly bear, and they kind of know where this grizzly bear is pretty much all the time. And I'm wondering, geez, that'd be kind of f- cool to tag my horse or something, put a magpie on my horse. But I know where my horse is. For the most part, but do you have other apps that or other things with it that would like show the history of where it goes all the time? Uh, yeah, so it really comes down to you know the Magpie app. Like you know there there is a there is a, a physical product, but at the end of the day, what really matters is the app that comes with it and the, the feature sets that are built in it. So one of the things that you know is in the roadmap is that we're gonna be uh, building location history. Uh, into the, the Magpie app. So you will be able to see, you know, where your horse goes or where your items travel. And I think it's going to be interesting for other people, you know, just to, you know, if, if you tag your dog or your cat, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to just see where, where they, you know, like to hang out or what, what, what they're doing all day. <laughs> if it's my dog, he's never moves off the couch, you know, but that's okay. But, you know, I, I had another dog that was a runner. So that this would be helpful to find out where, and the dog's name was Barney, by the way. And uh, that dog used to run. I mean, the second he got loose or was out the door, he was gone, and 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 it was tough to find him. He usually I caught. I always found him usually at the at the uh, the dog pound because they would grab him all the time. But anyway, it's a different deal. So let me ask you, why'd you call it Magpie? I'm kind of curious. It was a very heated debate about that, by the way. Like it was, uh, it was not a. 
it, it, it was one of those things that you you think it would be easy to to pick a name for something, but mm -hmm. it was just end up being like a really drawn out you know super heavy effort. Uh, we ultimately choose Magpie because it's something that feels very memorable. Uh, you know, there were a few other options that were like you know more like so so like something that's not very uh, unique. Uh, Magpie is actually one of the smartest birds in the world as well that finds shiny objects and takes them away. Uh, mm -hmm. so that was also like a really, really good fit for us. Um, and, and just generally it, you know, I, I'm not a native English speaker, but I, the first time I heard it, I, I realized, wow, this is like a really odd word. Like I would, if I, if I'm on the subway and I see an ad and it says magpie, I would be wondering pie what? what what is that so yeah it would it would just kind of strike a chord of that's very odd something memorable and at the end of the day also something that you know can be trademarked yeah it's a very unique bird i mean i was out in as i mentioned yellowstone here recently and and uh, you only see magpies west of the rockies which is a, or in the mountains they're a very unique bird itself but they they're very unique i i think uh, and i love the idea that it finds shiny objects and would grab things that's kind of a cool what would, can you tell us the other names yeah the, the other one uh that would we had up 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 for you know discussion was treasure uh which mm. we were like okay well it's it so, sounds good but it's very very overused at this point like it's very kind of generic um and, and the other one was farley which also was like okay you know it does have some personality to it but it's not really you know what what we want to go for yeah so, i don't think i don't think there's unique i treasure's got some interesting aspects to it but i don't think they're as unique as magpie so yeah. and, also, and especially if you could put a, a sound with it too yeah and, and there's one other thing which is that it almost like doesn't really like box you in in any way like magpie's like it could really be anything, so uh, we felt that was also probably very good because it gives us the freedom in the future where we can really, you know, develop into other niches and other other kind of products. I think that's neat. What? So, what are some? I, well, first of all, congrats on congrats on the campaign. Congrats already on the success. Sounds like you're on the steps towards it. You got to feel. You get. Are you guys celebrating yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet. But there's definitely a party to come as soon as the Kickstarter closes. Yeah, so so you you you've got some kind of party planned at least, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's you know peop, so many people that put put in extremely long hours to to make this happen. I'm very thankful for the team we have, and we'll definitely have a, a massive party when this thing uh, wraps up. So give me an idea. When when's the product going to be ready? The sh shipment we're promising we're shipping it by February 2018. We're going mm -hmm. through the manufacturing process now, and. People will be having their rewards in their hand in uh, the second month of next year. Okay, so the, it's, it's coming soon. Yeah. Still coming soon. What are some of the barriers that you think are the in, what are barriers to entry in the mobile tracking space? Well, I think there's a few things, uh, and, and it's also why we decided to do this in the first place. Uh, there's actually the, there's so many products in the market right now that. Uh, you know, portray into this product category, but testing them out, we really, really felt that there's actually, you know, uh, kind of like a, a 10 year gap in development. So if you go to Amazon right now and you buy a lot of these products, they either don't work very well or 
they work pretty well, but they're expensive, or they work pretty well, they're expensive, and there's no like mobile experience, there's no like app to download. So it's almost like this whole product category was forgotten, and it's about 10 years behind right right now. Uh, so that's why we we decided to do it. And on our, on our end as a business, the, the barriers to entry are more around you know the upfront development cost because at the end of the day, it is a it is a hardware hardware business. So, uh, do, what do you see as the future for this in terms of these products? You mentioned the three categories. Certainly, the you know the the Internet of Things or the the following of things, especially those that are not connected to the internet. This gives you the ability to do that. And you could basically tape it, attach it, glue it, staple it, put it on anything that moves or, or doesn't move in order to those to keep track of it. So what do you think is the, the future for this? That's a really great question. And what gets us most excited? And it's, it's all, it's all about, you know, what, What's what are the developments in the IoT space over the next you know five years or so? But we, we see that we can definitely uh, improve the, the, the battery life uh, even even to a factor of you know 10x in the next few years. We see that we can bring the cost down quite a lot. So there's there are developments in the in the IoT space where you know all these trends in technology the you know shrinking of 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 uh, of, of transistors and improvements in, in battery uh, density are all contributing to making Magpie a significantly smaller cheaper and longer lasting device in the next few years and that's what what gets us really excited. So as I remember from looking at the device, it's a rechargeable device. Yeah. What's the ba- so what's the battery life expectancy on the product at least in phase 1? So in in phase 1, it's uh, the, the first version of the product. Uh the battery mm-hmm. life ranges quite a lot from, you know, uh, a day to all the way to 3 months depending on how you use it. So we are allowing our users to actually set the how frequently they want to be updated by Magpie on its location and that impacts that battery life a lot. So you could you know, you could get updates like every minute or you could get updates every four hours and then th- that completely changes the battery life. Um, we actually advise people to set it as low as possible just to save on, on the battery. Uh, and, and then when they need it, actually, you know, increase the frequency to locate something. But at the end of the day, it's also a, a rechargeable product. So your Magpie app on the phone will actually tell you when the product is running out of juice and you should plug it in. Mm, yeah, assuming you can find it, right? I mean, that's the exactly. biggest. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, we hopefully you can find it because that would be, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, so the other piece of this is I, I think the biggest, you know, just my own two cents looking at what you're doing is getting that monthly reoccurring charge down to one to do more, right? Because, yeah. you know, at five bucks a month, let's just say it's five bucks a month. I'm going to I'm going to look and say what's the value to me, right? So like I said, luggage, I have a piece of luggage, I travel hundreds of thousands of miles a year, that's well worth it because when the guy says my bag isn't there, I can say sir, yes it is, it's right behind the counter. I, my app shows it is. So go get the damn thing, right? So and, and by the way, I've used that before and I've been able to to show people that. So that's a great value to me. But we're like maybe a set of keys, I don't know that I would do that because I don't lose my keys, but Maybe for my wife, I might might be worth five bucks a month just to find it. But but uh, but a purse, yeah, I get that. 
Uh, certainly my dog, I get that. Uh, a kid, I get that. Uh, maybe my kid's car, get that. But but to do a lot more, uh, do you see the biggest um, biggest hurdle you have to do is is get over the 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 cost per month? Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably the biggest challenge because it's almost like uh you know the the virtuous cycle of you know you have a lower unit lower cost per month then you have more use cases more use cases you have more volume more volume equals more cost uh, lower cost per month so you know it's, yeah. it's all about starting that cycle and you know it, it, we're, what we're doing with the kickstarter is actually kicking off that cycle and our our goal is to actually you know bring those costs down as, as like far as we can in the next next few years. And we're confident if we can do that and we, we can go to like a, a really amazing future where, you know, almost every product has this built in and we would even think it's, it's you know, absurd that you don't know where something is at all time. Like you would think it's absurd to buy a purse and not being able to locate it if you if you lose it or it gets stolen or a, same thing for a bicycle or, you know, any anything else you can think of. So what's your big piece of advice for somebody that's looking at a Kickstarter process? My, my biggest piece of adv- advice would be to actually be ready to have a lot of your assumptions challenged because people ask some incredibly difficult questions. And one thing about Kickstarter is that the audience there is incredibly smart, incredibly sharp, incredibly you know well-versed in technology. So just be prepared uh, you know, put a lot of work into it beforehand, making sure you have, you know, all the bases covered because there's going to be a lot of very difficult questions that you're going to have to answer once it's live. Yeah. Good advice. Good tips. Well, what a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with me. And I'm glad we found one another right here with Magpie on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thanks so much. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. A couple things. One is, first of all, do your homework. Did you hear what they did? They looked at different kinds of campaigns. I've looked at doing some startup stuff on Kickstarter, and I learned that a lot of different things work. A lot of things don't. These guys did their homework, and, of course, it's paying off. What is it, uh, 20 times the goal is where they're at? And that's pretty successful. That's not Everyone can say that. In fact, I think most Kickstarter campaigns, quite frankly, don't succeed, and these guys are way over and above that. Now, not in the millions of dollars, but certainly a couple hundred thousand, which you can't you know, don't shake a stick at or poke yourself in the eye with it because this is a pretty good way of doing it. So I thought that was pretty good. Now, what'll be interesting is will the dog eat the dog food? Will they be able to do all the things they say they're going to do in in the timeliness of getting it out? So we're going to have to check back with them about that. And then also, you know, is this the right technology? I don't know. Right model? I don't know. But um, you know what? It shows that there's a different way of doing everything every time you turn around. And look look at this. We found something. It's called Magpie. So check it out. I think it's worth the time. Anyway, um, speaking of checking out and finding someone, find a friend for me. Okay? I need some help. I want some help. I want some more people listening to the show. We've got a lot of people listening, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners already, and we want more. And the best way to do that is by you telling your friends. So please tell them about All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio and wherever you listen 
Two podcast. Welcome to C Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on C SuiteRadio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.